when Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. Welcome back to the Divnot, whatever. Fucking hell. What a game. What a fucking game. Uh, we're coming at you uh, about an hour after watching the 2-0 loss at Spuds. Um, here we are, me and Brad. Uh, I'm lost for words, mate. I'm absolutely lost for words. I think there's there's so much to get through and so much to unpack that I'm kind of mm. I'm kind of up for just get just jumping straight into the game because we we'll, we can do all the, the micro stuff. Yeah, let's just get through the game, get through the analysis of the game, and then and then we can and chat then we everything chat that will come up later. Yeah, lineup was lineup was great. Don't know how you feel. Lineup was great. I I was happy to see Party back. Let's not talk about what happened later. Happy mm-hmm. to see Party back. Um, interesting. No Nelson on the bench. That was strange for me. Um, he must be thinking, what more can I do at this point? Yeah. Um, I thought we dominated the whole way through. I thought we we we, we played. But I think it's important to say that that's because that's how Spurs set up Correct. to let us dominate. Correct. But we we did dominate the whole way through. We had seventy sixty nine percent possession or something like that. Um, we um and the <laughs> always room for a gag. Um. And uh, I thought uh, we 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 just got done in two moments with of pure quality. Um, uh, human son, how can you sh- how can you know that someone's going to shoot from that position? It's pure quality. He's a world class winger. Um, I know you. Oh, sli- I know you slightly I, disagree, I, but yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I in my personal opinion, I think uh, Leno's positioning could have been a little better. Again, I just want to say that I'm not blaming him because you wouldn't expect him to shoot from there. All I am saying is an elite level goalkeeper does not get beaten like that. Yeah. Because they put themselves in a position to cover both angles at that point. Yeah. You know, and anyone who's moaning at Rob Holding for standing off him and letting him shoot, you're not expecting human son to fucking yep. bend one exactly. in from there, are you? Exactly. So you've obviously never played football in your life. Exactly. And, you know, better in slips and you could blame that, whatever. Um, I also think people blaming, blaming party for not getting... Uh, getting into Kane firstly he was Kane just Kane just got away and did really well um mm. so yeah and then and you have to remember party's not really 100% fit so nope and that was clearly what happened in the second half he went off uh second half yep. then I think Kane um what happened with party happened sorry at the end of the first half what happened with party happened we went in 2-0 down I thought we did really well at the beginning of the second half we came out with some intensity I thought we played some really decent football some nice nice stuff I thought William had quite a good game Saka was doing really well um, I could really? see what we were. I could see what we were. Yep, I could see what we were trying to do with um, getting the ball out to Tierney, but it was too predictable. Just going out to the left constantly. We put in forty-four crosses tonight. I don't have much to to particularly say on the actual events of the game. I I, I think most of this this podcast will be a, a really macro conversation around mm-hmm. Arsenal, which is really important. Um, being slightly more macro, I've got a few points to say about the game. Go ahead, mate. Let's get those out of the way. Um. I disagree with you entirely. I think uh, the reason that you don't think Willian had a bad game is because you never really saw Willian. He did nothing throughout the game. He was missing for large, large quantities of it. it. was just a passenger. And in a game where you cannot afford that, especially when we're trying to unlock a sitting Jose Mourinho block, uh, we just couldn't do that. I thought Hector Bellerin was abominable tonight. Uh, both of the Agreed. goals came from poor deliveries from him and then his poor ability to track back. I don't think he offers us anything anymore. And I think that if we get the opportunity in a 20 to 25 million pound offer in January, we sell him and just start Cedric Rainsley, Maitland-Niles. Um, I think that this defeat falls entirely on Mikel Arteta's head. And uh, I have a few reasons why. Disagree. I have a few reasons why. Because he is consistently picking the same players who consistently are letting him down. At, at the end of the day, I can't blame my Toyota Prius if I try and drive it like a fucking Ferrari six times and it doesn't work any of those six times. And I try and do it a seventh and I smash in, into a wall and I kill myself doing it. 
He is constantly picking players who are underperforming, who are not giving him anything. Willian, again, starting tonight. It'll be interesting to know what happened with Nelson, whether it's an injury, whether it's fatigue or whether it's anything. But to not even have him on the bench, let alone probably should have started over Willian, is fucking ridiculous. He is constantly picking players. Granite Xhaka shouldn't have started tonight. We should have had a pivot of party and Ceballos. Xhaka, again, was carded within, what, the first 15, 20 minutes and constantly looked out of place, looked like a looked like a hazard to our own team. Unfortunately now, in my opinion, this, this defeat does fall entirely on Mikel's head because Jose Mourinho teams have one style of play. They soak up pressure and they hit you on the counter-attack and we let them do it. We let them hit us on the counter-attack twice. And whether or not we can say that the players have let him down in this game by not tracking back or by making individual errors or whatever, these are players that have been making individual errors and mistakes for far too long. Bellerin has offered us barely anything at that right-back slot for a couple of games now. Willian has offered us nothing since Fulham. Abamyang again, what does the man... He's our best striker, but what does he need to do to be subbed? Offered us barely anything. We put in 44 crosses tonight. No, they weren't working. It wasn't at any point that we went, we've put in 25 crosses tonight and they're, we're, we're crossing the ball into Enketia and into Lacazette mainly, as it's mainly Alba or Tierney on that left-hand side doing the deliveries. Uh, I believe Lacazette's 5'10". And I believe that Enketia is 5'8", 5'9". Alderweireld is 6'2", and Eric Dyer is 6'. It wasn't working. It wasn't going to work. I, there is, I don't, you cannot blame the players. Well, I, you can blame the pay, players for their poor performances, but we know their frailties. We know their weaknesses, which is why now, and I'm not talking about the Wolves' defeat, and I'm not talking about this defeat. This defeat against Tottenham is entirely on the coach's head because the coaching to not like the manager is the person that's imprinting this philosophy and imprinting these ideas on the players. Whether or not he said it to and whether or not he didn't say it enough times or whether he said it and the players didn't listen, it is his job to make sure that they understand that Spurs are lethal on the breakaway. And too often, even for the second goal, no one, there's no communication enough to say that parties off the pitch, Bellerin and Tierney should not be bombing up those sides. It is unfortunately, and I love the man, but it, this defeat rests entirely on our manager's head tonight. I'd love to know your opinion as to why you don't agree. I, I think... This defeat, this defeat hurts for a number of reasons. Um, it's a North London, London derby, first and foremost. You want to win those. Mm -hmm. um, I think, listen, this issue, and I, and this is why I take issue with with you saying, for example, this is this lies at Mikel's feet. This lies at the feet of the players. This lies at the feet of the management. This lies at the feet of the board. This lies at the feet of the tactic. This lies at the feet of. Jose Mourinho, all these things. Of course, if you want to have the macro conversation, but one, Mikel is the one that sorts the tactics. Mikel is the one that picks the players and he is constantly picking players who but are this underperforming, is, but who this aren't is the offering problem with anything. Arsenal fans, Brad, is I think we don't necessarily always put these things in context, right? Okay. We had a good, we had a good game. We, we played well. And I'm not saying we played... No, we didn't. No, we, we didn't. Objectively. No, I'm sorry, Alex. We didn't. No, 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 no. No, not even objectively. If a team sets up to give you possession because they know you do not have the players to break down a low block, dominating possession isn't having a good game. We we had um, an XG of I'm not. I'm not saying... I haven't said my point yet, so you don't know what I'm saying. Okay. Okay, finish what you're saying. Let me make my point. So, we played well. Now, well doesn't mean amazing or brilliant or excellent or incredible. It means well. We played well. We dominated possession, yes, because Spurs let us, but also that wasn't their entire plan. Once they got their goals, they sat back. They weren't just going to do that from the start. We were combining well. We we pushed them up. We uh, we shut them down in a lot of their counterattacks. We second half especially, we stopped Harry Kane getting the ball. Um, we there were some decent combinations, but there are problems. Okay, so I'm saying we played well. We there was a a decent level of football at times. 
the problems were and the problems are creating chances as always um we're putting far too many crosses into the box but to um we're not creating we're not playing to the strengths of our team um Xhaka was poor Bellerin was poor but to suggest that this team objectively didn't play well or that the result means that we didn't play well is wrong and is ignoring what actually happened on the pitch we played quite well the problem is is we're not playing with there are there are it's almost like we've got like a, a if you think imagine like a wound it's like a really really serious wound on quite a healthy leg it's like it's not a, it's not a series of small cuts it's a really big wound on a quite a healthy leg we were quite healthy, but uh, but the problem is huge, and the problems are we have no creativity. We're not we're not creating um, enough for our for our strikers. We're we're slow in build up. We're we're difficult. It's difficult to watch us. And uh, but that for me that doesn't. We need to counterbalance that with the fact that we were playing well for parts of it. So it's it's important to to see it as a a balanced thing. I understand that this falls at Mikel's feet, and I am I'm asking big questions about Mikel um, in terms of our tactical setup. It was really naive. He knew what Spurs were going to do. He knew Spurs were going to play like that. So it's it seems incredible to me that that wasn't the 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 way they, they got us was those two things. But equally, I, th- I felt we were trying to shut down Harry Kane. Equally, I felt we did control their counter on quite a lot of, a lot of, um, in quite a lot of situations. Equally, I think Party had a fantastic game before he went off. He was, he was shutting down a lot of passing, passing lanes. We were doing well to stop their build-up. I thought our desire was fantastic, especially in the second half. I thought we were really trying. I didn't see any heads drop, as we've seen before. So I'm, I'm the, the the pitch side of things, as in the game side of things. I'm not too upset about. I think we did okay. Where I'm upset is why we're here. Is where you know how how we've ended up in this situation. How we've ended up as a team in this situation where we're fifteenth. Okay. And that is where this problem. Is Mikel's? Is the players? Is the is the management? Is the board? Is all of those things? Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to shut down the conversation by saying, "Well, it's all of those things." But it's important to, for, in my opinion, to not lay all of the blame for this thing. This is this is a multifactorial, really difficult issue that cannot be solved by one person or one thing. Okay, but the issue but is, on, Alex, in the individual, we signed, in the, we signed one of the best defensive-minded midfielders in the world. Thomas Partey would walk into most midfields in the Premier League, right? And we are somehow more fragile and being exposed more than at the back end of last season. Arteta, his tactical decisions and his decisions to play, because he picks the players and his decision to pick those players has turned us from a team where we were grinding out results, even though it wasn't pretty. We weren't playing pretty football against Man City's, against Chelsea's, against Liverpool's, right? We were winning and drawing big, big games. And okay, we had a slip up against low blocks because we weren't playing anyone creative really at the back end of last season. But we still had enough about us to beat certain teams and to contain certain teams. His decision to change this system, which is something that we have all wanted and something that we do all want. And I obviously 100% understand that because we want to see more attacking football has made us frail as much as... I understand that there is a multitude of issues around the club at the moment in that we haven't been run right for years. You think of who's Farmy's contract negotiations, let players like Ramsey, Sanchez, Wilshire, Ozil, um, fucking Abamyang, literally all of our top class players running down their contracts to the point where they either leave on a free, leave for swaps or um have to get paid 350 grand a week to stay i i understand that there are a lot of issues that mean the club is kind of rotten at the moment and needs a fleshing out it's almost like um we've got an infected cut and we need to cut that flesh off and cut that cut off at the moment we just need to flush the club which is what we've started doing we are making there is progress going on inside the club but there's still the same old issues on the pitch. We are not creating enough and we're paying our best creator 350 grand a week to sit at home playing Fortnite or whatever he wants to do and fair play to him because he's earned the right over his career to demand that money when he demanded it and we offered to pay him it. He can sit at home and do what the fuck he wants if we're not going to pick him. But what Arteta is doing is he's constantly picking the same players in the Premier League that constantly are offering us nothing in the Premier League and he set us up in such a tactically naive way today. It shouldn't have been a case that we let Tottenham 
do what they do so well and hope for the best that we can close them down and hope for the best that we can quell their counterattacking. Because at the end of the day, they are one of the best clubs at doing this and we've seen them do it. They beat Man City 2-0, took them apart on the counter. doesn't matter how much possession or XG Man City had. They got two chances and they took them because they are elite at that. And it is Mikel's fault that we we let them counterattack because we went, OK, we can handle it. But we couldn't. Even with party on the pitch, we conceded two goals. The only reason that we didn't concede any more in the second half was because they went, well, we're two goals up. They can't break us down. So we'll just sit back. It's I understand that there's a multitude of issues that has got us to this place. But if we look at this match as an isolated incident, rather than looking at the big picture, which I know is unhelpful to do at times. But I do think in this case, if we look at this match as an isolated incident, as just one thing, it is Mikel's fault. He picked players that could not do the job that we needed them to do. Ainsley Maitland-Niles had a great game in the midfield uh, last game, and we needed somebody with legs. We needed somebody who could run. That was it, it was going to be vital today, especially if we were going to allow them to counterattack. But we played Granite Xhaka, a man who is famous for being horrifically immobile and slow. It's there's there, there has to come a point, right, where you start calling bullshit and start calling as much as I love Mikel and I know you love Mikel and I do think that he has the potential to take us forward tonight is his fault categorically whether there's a multitude of issues in the back room he is picking the players and asking them to do things and he's picked the players tonight and ultimately asked them to do things that has lost us the game it's the players fault for lose like it's Hector Bellerin's fault that we've conceded two goals pretty much tonight because he's fucked up about seven deliveries he's got five foul throws in four games or whatever it is fucking stupid and he's not tracking back but we've known for at least the last three games that Hector Bellerin is currently not on pace so bring in Cedric so bring in Maitland-Niles but he's not doing these things, which is why it is his fault. I, you can't, I can't defend him for making the same mistakes. He's not learning. And this is exactly what was my problem with Wenger. And I have to say, anyone who hounded Wenger out of the club in his last few years fucking deserves this. Absolutely deserves this turmoil. Because you threw out a manager who is the only manager in Premier League history to go unbeaten for this. Sorry, I was just sipping my wine. No, um, no, no. You sip away, my friend. <laughs> I think you're answering your own, your own question there, Brad. By the end, you were sort of going, Arteta, yes, okay, it's the players. Yes, okay. Any conversation which, which, in my opinion, goes, okay, this is the problem around a football club, this thing as complicated as a football club, will inevitably fall short in actually explaining what's going on. Of course. Arteta fits, Arteta mm-hmm. fits in the middle of a spider's web of problems and he is problematic there are problems with Arteta but I think as a jumping off point big problems and I'm seeing big problems at the moment big big, big problems and and mate I completely agree he is picking those players he is tactically he you know what's going on at the moment I, I have I literally have no clue why why are we crossing why are we putting 54 crosses into the box or whatever it was also he came out after the game I, I personally think from from what he said it sounded like he was blaming his attackers because I think Jeff Shreves asked him you know what's going on? Is it the problem? He says, "Well, we're creating the chances. We just got to be more clinical." No, he says that twice. This, this, oh, this, this is no, 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 this is the reason. This is the reason that I am, I am losing you patience. Say. You had your say. You had your oh, say. Oh, sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. They. So he he is a problem, but also Granite Xhaka is simply not moving the ball quick enough. Simply not recovering. Simply not doing what Mikel Arteta is asking him to do. Hector Bellerin mm-hmm. cannot repeat. Cannot do anything other than play the ball inside. Watch him. He literally, I, I've not seen him make any run, uh, any runs or kind of triangle runs or sorry, um, t- triangle passes or any kind of thing where the ball goes forward directly down the line. He either cuts inside with the ball or plays it inside. He does nothing else. He offers us nothing and he's constantly giving the ball away. Hector, De- Hector Bellerin has to take some responsibility. Okay, then why are those players on the pitch? Why has Granite Xhaka not been replaced? Partly Arteta's fault, partly because we haven't had the squad turnover. We are at the beginning of a process, and we no, have but to we've look got at Sabias. what the biggest we 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 have to look at what the, we've got. Yeah, Maitland we Niles. do, but also, but also, Xhaka was in the FA Cup winning team. 
Hector Bellerin is in the FA Cup winning team. So, you know, Arteta has... Yeah, has, and then we bought Thomas Partey to replace... I'm sorry, but it's 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 almost lazy commentary to say that Granite Xhaka was in the thing. We bought Thomas Partey to replace Granite Xhaka because he does the same kind of things as Granite Xhaka, but better and but is more defensive. You're, tell, you're telling have, me... We have Maitland-Niles. We have Ceballos. We have these players. It's not like we have a I dearth agree, of mate. central midfielders. We loaned out Torreira. We loaned out Guendouzi. This is the issue. It was a club decision to keep Granite Xhaka over these players, and it's now Mikel's decision to play Granite Xhaka over these players, That's which so is why... Simplistic. It's, That's so simplistic. No, but, does, does, does Mikel Arteta pick the team? Does Mikel Arteta play in Granite Xhaka's position? Doesn't matter. Does he pick the team? But you're, this is a false. This is a false dichotomy. No, no, no. I'm, I've got. I'm just, just. I know. Just, just, just follow my train of thought. We'll get. We'll get there. Okay. Does he pick the team? Yes, obviously he does. Yeah. Yeah. Has Granite Xhaka underperformed in the last three or four games, letting us down constantly? Yes. And whose fault is that? Granite Xhaka's. Exactly. But whose fault is it that this is allowed to carry on? The, Mikel's like, and Granit the Cronkies can, and, and, and Unai Emery yes, and Arsene Wenger. 100%. You can't, if, if you you can't put it all on one person. Him, if, you don't, if you don't play him, he can't be shit on your team. This is what I'm saying. If you drop him, he Granit Xhaka doesn't give a shit because he knows he's going to fucking play every week because for some reason we're obsessed with playing him. I haven't seen anything from him since his fucking Borussia Mönchengladbach days that's resembled anything of a half-decent footballer. That's not true. Why is he still in our team? Fuck him off for Maitland-Niles. Well, no, no, agree, mate. I If I'm picking a team next week, I'm picking Maitland-Niles over Xhaka. I'm, I'm in agreement with you. And if you're picking the team you. this week, of course. But that is why. That is a mistake by Arteta. And it's he, he... If I if I choose to do something and the consequences turn out bad, that is my fault. It doesn't matter whether that thing relied on somebody else to perform. I chose to do this. It was my choice. Arteta had a choice to play other players. He made the choice not to. And it's not even that. We've had three or four games of looking at Granite Xhaka and saying he's not been good enough. And Party was back today. It's not even like we played Xhaka Ceballos because we couldn't play Party. We played Party Xhaka. This is what I mean. I know it's reductive to talk about things in a very uh, kind of like monosimplistic um, way, like as like just singular things, but it's a domino effect. Picking Granite Xhaka was a domino effect in this game because it left us with 10 men for so many periods, just like picking Hector Bellerin was a domino effect in this game. And it's been a domino effect in the last three games where these players have been weak and shown their frailties, but Mikel is still picking them, which is why, yes, the Cronkies are an issue and I want them to fuck off and I want somebody else to buy the club and invest in it because I want to see us doing well and I love the club. But at the end of the day, they own 100% of the club. They've invested. They're the ones who invested recently in party. Apparently. Okay, well then, but also apparently everything else. Do you know what I mean? If you're if you're not going to believe that information, you can't believe no, all the other no, information not apparently everything, everything else. else so. Arsenal financials. Uh, no, 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 Alex. I'm sorry, but Arsenal financials that have been released for the last four or five years have systematically shown that the Cronkies have gone obviously with this self-sustaining model and have not invested any of their own money. You are not going to make me believe that they have automatically done it. This is the same okay. conversation we've had, but whatever. As much as I want the Cronkies to fuck off, as much as I want the backroom staff to fuck off, and as much as I want there to have been, we can only talk about the decisions that can be made right now and the things that are going wrong right now. We can talk about squad turnover. That is a big issue and something that hopefully will be resolved coming up, but we can't do anything about it right now. What we can change is the tactics and the teams that we play, like the the players that we are putting on the pitch. And we are currently not doing that. And that is Mikel Arteta. That is not Stan. Cronky, that is not Edu, that is not Vinay, that is the manager, Mikel Arteta. At risk of sending the listeners to sleep, Brad, it it isn't just his fault that they're not playing well. Like it's I know he picks the team, but you have this crazy hang up about him picking the team. They go out there for 90 minutes and play the football. You know Of course, of course. You, you I understand that, yeah, but if we didn't and, and this is what I mean, if we on, didn't have the on, backlog and on, the evidence, Alex. Hang on, hang on. Cronky, you can't have it both ways. You can't say David Ornstein's a mouthpiece for the club and only says what the club want him to say 
and also have the fact that it's come out through him that the Cronkies were the first people who were it's the first time they've invested for party. They want that to be known. That's not where I got my information about the first time the Cronkies had invested. It's been well known from various sources for the last five years that the Cronkies haven't invested a single penny in Arsenal. I didn't say that. That's not what what I said. I said the the party thing was the first time they have invested in the last five years their own money out of the Mm -hmm. self-sustaining model. And that's come through David Mm -hmm. Ornstein. And you can't have it both ways and say he's both a mouthpiece and also he's wrong. So the club are feeding him information. They People want to know that. And that's something that they will be able to see in financial reports. So he, they can't lie about that. So this is the first time that the Cronkies have been able to invest in or have invested in the club. That's a step forward. That's a difference. And that's in one window. They're not going to invest 400 million in one window. That'll be a progressive thing. Arteta is clearly a progressive coach. Things are, things are, we've seen success in the past. We're going through a tricky stage at the moment. There's lots of questions to be asked for sure. There's lots of decisions I massively disagree with. And there's things that I, there's players I wouldn't have picked. But again, he, we have to be looking at the, the most pressing issues. And pressing is one of our issues. But the players are the players who go out there for 90 minutes. And we, um, and we can't forget that Granite Jacket is simply not putting in the performances that he, he, he should be doing mm-hmm. in a vacuum. Granite Xhaka has won FA Cups for us. He's been a decent player in certain systems. He's been okay. He's not playing well at the moment. He didn't play well today. Mm-hmm. He doesn't move footballs quick enough. The ball travels too slowly from his feet. He's very one-footed. He is a problem, 100%. But we're in the middle of a process. Granit has never won us an FA Cup, though. I'm not saying he won us an FA Cup. He was part of an FA Cup winning team. He's won an FA Cup. He's in the middle of a process. Philippe He's- Senderos was part of a Premier League winning team. Danny Welbeck was part of a Premier League winning team. Like, <laughs> but but Granite Xhaka has played well at times. I think it's reductive to say he's ne- he, you've, ne- you've never seen Granite Xhaka play well. He has played well. Th- there have been times. Overall, I would get rid of him. But what I'm what I'm trying to say is, and the overall point of this is, we we need to be looking at the the issue from a multifactorial standpoint because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. So let's look at Arteta, what he's doing wrong. Let's look at, for example, the Abamyang thing. Right, Abamyang is captain. Okay, why is Abamyang captain? Uh, because he's our most high-profile player. But who made him captain? Um, was it Emery? It was, was Emery. It, was it Emery? Who, it was yeah, Emery. Who gave Aubameyang his new contract? Edu. It was Sanya. It was technically Sanya. And I think was it? Was, it was, it was certainly Sanya. He had a was bit it Edu, say. Was it whose family? Th- who's they've been family? negotiating since whenever last year. So it would have been Sanya who did the most of the legwork, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got. So, and Abameyang is not performing at the moment, okay? Mm-hmm. So we've got Abameyang to blame there. We've got Arteta to blame there. We've got Sanyehi for giving him the contract. We've got Edu for signing off on it. We've got Emery for making him captain. He's not coming out at the moment. We've got the players around him who aren't providing him the service. You can't look at these things. And it's not to shut down conversation. I'm really up for, for having those conversations, having those battles. But in every issue, we're so reductive as fans to think that it's always one problem. And I understand that actually sometimes no, the problems... I are, understand that you... And sometimes the problems are massively weighted to one thing. For example, Lacazette being shit is mainly Lacazette's fault, mm-hmm. right? I'm not I'm not going to blame Hus Farmy for Lacazette being shit. So there are issues that are like that. But in terms of the overall club, why are Arsenal in 15th when they shouldn't be in our worst starts in 1981? Mm-hmm. We have to look at these things from a, from a massively multifactorial standpoint. We have to have those meta conversations, and and it's important. And I and I feel sorry and I feel sorry for Arteta because he has to deal with the the score lines that come out of years of mismanagement, years of bad players. And I trust him. And I, I I'll, I'll reveal my bias. I trust him. I know this is, but this is the issue. He's not doing himself any favors. I understand that. There is issues that go that run deeper than Mikel Arteta, which was is why I don't think that sacking him or um, and changing manager now. I mean, I th- to personally, I think that it might it, it you could see an uptake in in kind of tactics and in form if you bring in a more um, experienced manager, somebody who's. You know, if we'd have brought in, you know, a Carlo Ancelotti, let's say, because there are managers doing better with worse players currently in the Premier League, in in several other leagues, there are managers doing better with worse players. But I obviously I understand that it's not just a Mikel Arteta issue. 
But the thing is, is right now, we can't buy any more players until January. We are seven points away from Burnley, who are in the relegation zone and who have a game in hand against us. We can't force the Cronkies out. We lost our chance to force the Cronkies out when Usmanov sold his 35%, I think he had, share in the club, giving the Cronkies 100% ownership. And we can't, we can't um, change contracts that were given to players. Like, we can't change the Meza Ozil situation. We can't change the fact that Aubameyang signed this new contract. But there is one thing that we can change at the moment. There is one thing that we can easily change at the moment. And that is our tactics. And that is who we play. And the, and this is the issue is, I obviously understand the trickle-down effect of years of mismanagement by the club. And we've said this before. Ivan Gazidis can go fucking do one off, like, fucking the Grand Canyon, the prick. But... It has to come to a point where you start to be realistic about what can be changed in the moment. The only things that we can change are the players that we are putting out on the pitch. If I am, if something isn't working for me in any sense of my life and I just continue to do it the same way and expecting different results, that's fucking stupid because I'm not going to get different results. And this is the issue. I don't I think you said that. I think Einstein said that. I, I, I think he did, but I think it's also a misquote. I think um, I think everyone like quotes this thing as something like Einstein said, and it just actually... Because it's the definition of insanity <laughs> is doing something and uh, that's the one. Uh, whatever that's the one. Uh, and expecting the same results. But I also, I'm pretty sure that's a misquote, and I'm pretty sure that that's also not the dictionary definition of insanity. But who who's to say I'm not smarter than Einstein? The fucker, you know, E, e equals MC squared. He was a smart dude. But this is the this is the thing. We can only change so much, and there is a big backlog of games that show that Xhaka has not been good enough, that Bellerin has not been good enough. That I mean, and th th that's the big thing is is it's it's constant it's constantly making the same decisions and expecting things to change. And I understand that while you say that we played well, I think. It's a difference. I the one reason that I can't agree with that is off of the basis of what we're judging that we played well with. We're saying that we played well, well because we dominated large portions of the game and got the ball into the box and we closed down a few of the Tottenham counter attacks. But the big issue is is Tottenham played to counter, so obviously we were going to dominate the game. It's happened against City. It's happened against West. West Brom, I think it's happened against Chelsea. It's happened against lots and lots of teams. Tottenham play to counter. So obviously we're going to dominate possession. We're going to have large um, periods on the ball where we're throwing in crosses and we're doing certain things. I don't think that unfortunately any of those things are a barometer of us playing well. Because if we'd have played well, we would have closed down the counter attacks. And if we'd have played well, we'd have scored. We didn't play well. I, I, obviously, I understand that there were periods of... I think it's... Um, I, I, here's, here's kind of my classification for it. I think there's an important difference between dominance and playing so well. Sorry, mate. My, the, they've come home. I'll be there in two seconds. No, Basically, I... I'll ring you back in two seconds. That's hold cool. that thought. Please hold that thought. We are back. I'm rolling again. You rolling again? I'm rolling again. What was I saying? Um. Yeah, I just think that it's... I've had a few minutes of solitude to calm down. For uh... yeah, I just <laughs> I just had to go and do a surprise for someone, no which was hilarious in the in the context <laughs> of Arsenal making me feel really sad. Oh. Like, surprise! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I like I think my point, and I'm just the thing that I think I'm trying to say is that I understand that it's the players' fault, and I understand it's Cronky's fault, but there's a lot of things that we can't change at the moment. We can't change our playing personnel. We can't change a lot of things, but what we can change is how we play and who we play. And at the moment, the thing that's really frustrating me and that's really getting me down as a fan is that we're not changing those things, even though we can obviously see that things aren't working. And I think that that is uh, a moniker of that's one of the reasons that I thought, you know, and look. I badmouth anyone who forced Arsene Wenger out because I think that you were a cancer to the club at that time. But 
I'm also not a mug and I do understand that Wenger had dropped off in his latter years and it was definitely time to find a successor and to start a transition period. Probably two years before we did. The issue is, is we didn't. We then threw him out and got the first manager in that we could. But uh, that's what I saw in Wenger in his last few years. Stubbornness, unwilling to change, unwilling to waver unwilling to do different things to get results. And the issue is, is that we now no longer have world-class players that can bail Arteta or Emery or Wenger or the next manager out. The reason that we let Wenger off all that time with his defensive frailties was we played great football and we were playing attractive football. And okay, we'd lose a couple of games and we were never, we hadn't been in a title race really since kind of 2006 or 2008 but we were playing attractive football and we at least were kind of until his final two years getting champions league football now we're not playing attractive football and our manager's refusing to change and he seems like uh, Sam Allardyce who just wants to pump the ball into the box and it's not working and like you said it is uh, and i this is this is why it falls at his feet it is unacceptable for mikel arteta to blame anyone else but himself tonight because he picked the players and he picked the tactics and the two things that didn't work were the players and the tactics it was his decisions whether it's because of other people's that look this is the issue with management you pick 11 players that decide your fate pick the right ones the issue is is tonight he didn't yeah i i think tonight I sort of understand that uh, as a if we're if we're just taking tonight in its very very isolational form, I probably yeah I probably because I, 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 I that's I'd probably I mean. lay most of the blame at Arteta's feet, one hundred percent. But yeah, I, listen, we're never gonna <laughs> never gonna see complete eye on that. Let's get let's get a bit more micro then. So, uh, in terms of our well, firstly, Bellerin, like I know we sort of touched on it slightly earlier, but I'm I've massively lost patience with him. Um, yeah, I am seeing someone who is, who's lost the thing that made him special in his pace, which is okay. Cause some, you know, he's still technically quite a good player, but it d- makes him not the potential of the world-class player that we saw. Okay, fine. He's then now a player who I see who is defensively weak, um, but able to be bullied off the ball is, um, speaks a good game, but then doesn't play a good game. Um, he is, as I've said before, constantly tucking inside offers is so predictable offers so little going forward his delivery is so poor Tierney absolutely wipes his ass with him in terms of delivery mm-hmm. I'm just starting to think do you know what and it's actually I think I tweeted this I tweeted this out it was something along the lines of Bellerin holding Xhaka Sabayos when he came on in the second half Willian and Leno mm-hmm. simply are not good enough they're just not good no. enough and we've seen it and Lacazette as well. We, we, we've simply seen that so many times. I might have said Lacazette twice there, in which case he deserves it. Yeah. I just think players like them limit us so much for what we want to do. And mm-hmm. this is why I have I have patience with Arteta because I don't think he's had the... He's had one, basically one window, really, in terms of a window that he can actually prepare for and plan for and did the right things. Gabriel and Party are our best players. <laughs> like, you know... The players that he's got in, apart from Willian, and actually I think Willian did okay today. I don't think he's as bad as everyone says, but he's certainly not performing to the level we, he needs to be. Um, I, I think he he's doing okay, but but the, he has so many players and and Abamyang. Like I just, mm-hmm. what is going on? And it's not really particularly anything I've particularly noticed. But he looks disinterested. He looks shoulders dejected. down. He dejected. He never comes out after the games to speak to the. Um, to speak to the media and, and and I know again that's not the type of captain he, he is, looks but fuck how it. Ozil looked doesn't matter mate he looks how Ozil looked at certain points before he signed his new contract and was happy chappy again you know and it's to do with the club and look one it's to, Bellerin is another one I, I I just I'm I you have an affinity towards the lad because he's been here for so long but it comes to a point where you know we fucked off Ramsey we're fucking off Ozil we've fucked off so many players who have served us so well for so long that performed better and that perform better on a regular occasion for me it's time to drop Bellerin put Cedric or Ainsley in and then sell him in January I don't think he offers us anything particularly outstanding Ainsley must be fuming this is what I mean like 
And one of the reasons that I'm getting so frustrated at Arteta is is these decisions because it will cost us more in the long run. It's like um, one of the, one of the things about Arteta that I think is 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 quite negative is that he's a, unfortunately a yes man. In that we saw with Unai Emery that when the whole Ozil situation came to a head under Emery and he stopped being played, one of the first things that Emery said was that it was a club decision. Obviously, he might have been part of that club decision, but he alluded to the fact that there were people above him that had that they'd come together and made the decision not to play him. Mikel Arteta has given himself a hill to die on in saying that it's purely footballing reasons and that it was his decision to leave him out. Whether it was his decision or not, that's what he said. Now, it's it's the same with certain other players in that he's not he's going to cripple the club for the sake of playing the same players. Ainsley Maitland-Niles might leave in January because he's sick and tired of not playing and he's not got long left to go on his contract. Emilio Martinez left because he had two years left on his contract and he said in his interview that he was told he had 95% chance of playing and why wasn't it 100%? A stronger manager like uh, and look, I fucking hate the man. I would never want him near the club. But like a Mourinho, like we've seen tonight, would have gone, no, Leno, you're dropped. You're our second choice. Martinez, you're starting. And would have kept hold of that keeper because it was his better keeper rather than just giving him the 95% and saying, oh, we might have to rotate and then selling him. But isn't that about his naivety as a young coach? But again, I it, whether it's his naivety as a young coach, that whether it's because of naivety or not, it's still a mistake. And it's still things that are yes, hurting but us. We have in the to long allow run. the mistakes a little bit more to a degree. Because, but there are he so, is learning. There is, it, there are so many, Alex. There are so many that we can pick up on and that we can press upon and say, "This is a mistake. This is a mistake. This is a mistake." And yes, I understand that he's learning, but he's not coming out of nowhere. He's been an assistant manager. He's been a captain. He's been a player. He must understand like the the ramifications of actions that as, that as a manager you have if you tell a player that's going I might want to leave can you guarantee me game game time and you go well you're 95% on to start that doesn't that's not going to fill a player with confidence just like um having no balls in dropping certain players granite jacker shouldn't be on the pitch hector bellerin shouldn't be on the pitch i don't give a shit if they're offering you I, I, th- this is the issue, right? I understand that training is a thing and players might work really, really hard during training and might be excellent during training. But if they've not offered you anything for five or six real games, what they offer you in training is worthless. Worthless. It's languid. It's bullshit. And I just, I'm just, there's a lot wrong at the club and there's a lot that needs to be done. And there was a lot that needed to be done in the summer that unfortunately, due to the circumstances that Gazidis left the the club in contractually, you know, we couldn't get it done. But it just, it does not feel like a good place to be as an Arsenal fan, especially seeing as no, it, it the issue is, is nobody wants to help themselves at the moment. So like Arteta doesn't want to help himself by playing some more fan favourite players. People would love it if Maitland-Niles started over Xhaka because people love Maitland-Niles. So I just don't think he's doing himself any favours. But it's not about whether he wants to appease the fans. It's about winning football matches, but he's doing neither. So Granit Xhaka hasn't helped. This is the thing. But Granit Xhaka hasn't helped him win football matches. In People will have more patience with a William Saliba or with a Ainsley Maitland-Niles or with, you know a following Balogun or with an Eddie Nketiah than they will an Alexandre Lacazette, uh, Granite Xhaka, all of these players, because people have lost patience with them. I would rather, honestly, I would rather lose the game tonight playing those players. I really would, because at least I feel like we might be moving towards something else. But again, I think that's his inexperience and in that he is a, a, a coach who is relying on experienced players to kind of cover that lack of experience. I've seen a, f- a few people say that and I, and I really think it's true. Arteta massively relies on experience and the likes of Xhaka and Willian and Aubameyang and, and Lacazette. And they're not providing for him. They're, they're simply not. And actually, until tonight, I thought the desire was off. But tonight, I thought Lacazette put in a really good shift in terms of, terms of desire, which is why I slightly 100%, 100%. up... Which is why I slightly up my this is Arteta's fault side of things. Um, not to override anything else. But I, I do think there's some real questions to be asked. And I... If I'm honest, I am worried a bit because, um, 
quite a lot actually because he came out afterwards and was saying well the chances are being created and we just got to finish them and it felt very accusatory felt very um disruptive it do you know what it did feel like it felt very Mourinho after his meltdown in his final Mm. seasons at clubs where he's blaming everybody else but himself yeah I'm really sorry my dog has just started barking the dog the dog disagrees with your Mourinho take but that's fine <laughs> Please tell me you recorded that. I literally did. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Um, brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I I know what you mean. I, I think Arteta takes more responsibility than Mourinho. Often he he often says this one's my fault um, when he thinks it is, and that's fine. But uh, yeah, I understand. I do want to come to. I have one more question. Well, I have a question which I want to come to, but I also want to make one more point okay. or ask your get your take on this. Um, and it's the Harry Kane incident in the 92nd minute on Gabriel. Um, oh, Harry Kane needs to be stopped before he snaps someone's neck. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. I've retweeted play. this onto our Different Knock uh, Twitter, it's... which you can follow at Different Knock. He's done this. I've seen compilations of Harry Kane doing this uh, probably six or seven times. He's done it to Lalana. He's done it to several players. And it, it is serious. It is really, really, really dangerous. Really, and the ironic really thing... dangerous thing to do is in rugby, that's a foul. In rugby, you can get sent off for that. I mean, speaking of rugby, Xhaka literally rugby tackled Kane in the first three minutes of the match. Literally rugby tackled them. But but the, yeah, I mean, this, I mean, obviously, unless you've seen it, it's essentially Kane backing into the player as they jump up for a header. And he does it so much and always ends up, ends up sort of, Either going for a, a a free kick, either or you know drop kick or drop kick, or you know you know what I mean. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's never like an immediate free kick, and Harry Kane's punished. It's always a fifty fifty or well whatever. No, Kane knows what he's doing, and the fact that he's done it's this, not a fifty fifty because he's not jumping for the ball. He's done this many many times now, and it's it's really concerning. And I think Harry Kane's a wonderful footballer, but if he's not English and the captain of Spurs and all those sorts of things, I wonder mm-hmm. whether he gets gets away with. Uh, things like that because I think I don't think it's disgusting. It's and dirty. I think, frankly, more, it's dirty. The more noise can be made about it, and the, and the and the and the how many times it's occurred. That's my problem. Is it's you know, is once or thing. twice is fine, but this I've seen the thing. I've seen him do it five, six, seven, eight times now, and it's and I don't mm-hmm. watch Spurs, so it's disgusting, and I, it's it's got to stop it. We watched a collision between David Luiz and Raúl Jiménez uh, cause Raúl Jiménez to have a fractured skull, which could potentially end his career. The way that Harry Kane does it is he backs into the legs. So automatically a player is going to fall on the kind of like the upper torso or like the upper part of their body. It will not be long if he continues to do this before he hits somebody or he backs into somebody a bit too much, flips them over too much and they could land on their neck and snap their neck. Like it's fucking dangerous. I played a bit of rugby as a kid and um, because I've always been quite tall And one of the things that you always have to be careful of uh, in rucks, in scrums, in all of these things is your head and your neck, because it is so easy that if you just go down in a certain way, you can fuck yourself up for life. And he is deliberately backing himself into a player jumping for the ball for the purpose of winning a free kick. Obviously, I don't think Harry Kane wants to injure them. And if he does, he's a fucking cunt. But the fact that he's doing it in the first place, it's serious foul play. We've seen red cards given for little slaps around the face that wouldn't cause any damage to a player, right? This could potentially dislocate a shoulder, snap a neck, fracture a forearm, lots of things like this. And Spurs half the time are the ones winning the free kicks. It's baffling to me. One last thing, Brad. Uh, So we had... Uh, some comments in the week from Sammy Mockball, who's a Daily Mail reporter, saying Arteta is leaving no stone unturned in trying to arrest Ar- Arsenal's alarming form. For instance, ahead of the season, Arteta dispatched bespoke dossiers to Arsenal's new signings so they understood fully what was expected of them. Arteta spent the international break meticulously devising a strategy to get Aubameyang firing again. 
Concerned that his captain was spending too much time out wide, Arteta, Arteta spent day and night hatching a plan to get his talismanic striker into central areas. James Olley in ESPN says uh, Arsenal's players exchanged angry words with each other in a clear-the-air meeting on Tuesday after manager Mikel Arteta called the squad together to identify the reasons behind their poor start to the season. And I want to put that to you with a question from one of our listeners, at Sam Trotter, shout out Sam Trotman. Are you all for hashtag Arteta out or should we still trust the process? Um, okay, to end with the last, to, to go with the last bit first, I'm not quite Arteta out, uh, but I do want to say just a point quickly. Uh, a lot of clubs tend to keep the wrong person in charge. And I can't remember who I heard say this, but it's fantastic. A lot of clubs tend to keep the wrong person in charge for, you know, a look to keep stability because they believe stability is going to help. Tim's still moving. Yeah. But keeping the wrong person in charge actually makes you more unstable. We can't really judge whether Arteta is the wrong person in charge yet because... He's got three players through the door. Three players. You can hardly hardly expect to invigorate an entire squad with three players. But here's where I think you can judge Arteta. That's his tactics, which aren't currently working. And that's the fact that he keeps picking players that are underperforming for him. I'm not Arteta out. I'm nowhere. I don't think I'm near that point because I don't think it'll achieve anything. I don't think... I don't think I could even, what, you think maybe a Max Allegri is free right now? Could he come in and st- steal the ship? Probably not, because we just... I'm pretty sure Paul Jules around. Yeah, we just seem to be quite rotten to the core at the moment. In this whole idea about dossiers and, you know, exchanging words with each other, I don't think it's uh, revolutionary that he's had a chat to his new signings and sent them tactics about what he's going to expect them to do when it comes to the club. I think that that's often a conversation you have when you're signing a player is what role they'll play, what kind of football you're going to try and play and all of these things. The one thing that I think is interesting is this whole idea of the the squad kind of exchanging heated words. It's not doing anything. They've exchanged heated words and then they've gone and lost the North London derby. So... I don't give a shit if you exchange heated words or not. Just stop being fucking idiots on the football pitch. I it will surprise absolutely no one to hear I'm not Arteta out. Um, I think the problems at this football club run a lot deeper than can be fixed in a year by a new coach. Um, I think this requires major investment from Kroenke. I, I think this requires two to three years of a consistent uh, plan because and actually I don't think either way whether that works out or not I don't think that's bad because we'll at least then have had a consistent way of playing a consistent form a consistent structure a consistent uh, executive committee consistent way of looking forward even if it doesn't work out for a while what's happened is we've had four people in charge of signings over the space of about two years we've had Ivan Gazidis We've had Arsene Wenger, we've had uh, Raulsen Yehi, we've now got Edu and Arteta. I mean, you could argue five and all the goings on in between, all that sort of stuff and, and whoever it is. We now know where to point the, play, the, the blame to. We're playing with players who aren't good enough, aren't good enough. And if we sign the right players, and this is, this is, this is the thing, if Gabriel and Party hadn't worked out this season, if they were real duds, I would be screaming at the club to get rid of Arteta. Uh, no, I wouldn't. I'd be, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be really lightly, lightly suggesting, lightly dusting my my tweets <laughs> with a, a, a slight hashtag Arteta out uh, philosophy. But they have worked out, and ultimately, he's won two trophies, and we're in an awful position. But I think there's many reasons for that. Partly Arteta's fault, partly him learning, having teething problems. Um, but I think if if we're it's not beneficial to change the manager now, it just isn't. We need a period of stability to work out where we are, what's going on, um, and to regain some form and come at it from a position of um, clarity at the end of a season, at the end of a of a period of, of tenure, at the end of this season. If we're not, and and there's been some investment, uh, say middle of next season, 
if we're still in the same position, I'd be thinking about moving it on. I think we need to give Arteta at least two more windows to mm. fully get this team to where it wants to be because yeah. you can't judge a person until they've realised their vision. He's not doing right well at the moment. I know that. But you cannot judge a person until they have been given a full and proper opportunity. And if we're going to choose anyone, we have to get behind a young, exciting coach who has won us things in the past and has done well for us We and, and is an ex-captain. You know, I think fans coming back will be a huge thing. We're also, you know, party coming back and and loads of loads of things have happened at the wrong time. The the stadiums have been empty. Part we've we we're adjusting to life with a new midfield system. We're adjusting to a you know, a new four at the back system. Abamang's lost his form. Loads of things have happened. We had a diff- tricky run of fixtures. Loads of things have happened. I think in a month we'll feel a lot more optimistic about Arsenal. I mm-hmm. think. And hopefully with some signings in January, we'll be looking up. If not, I am, yeah, massively concerned. But listen, that's football. Fucking hell, right. (laughs) Yeah, look, at the end of the day, it was never going to be an easy job. We papered over the cracks a lot last season uh, towards the back end, uh, winning that FA Cup. But there are obviously concerns that we currently have about the manager. But I, I, I think you put it, excellently and i agree with everything that you say we can't be arteta out yet because we don't know who arteta is what arteta is or what arteta's team looks like because if you're looking at arteta's team there's currently three players in it so and obviously i i know that he's going to keep players like saka martinelli abamyang but he's he's made three signings we'll have to give him the time and I think he earned the time when he won the FA Cup. We've got to give him the time to buy more players, to implement more of a philosophy. For sure. For sure. I, I, I think, I think you know, listen, it's really tricky in the, in the wake of a difficult loss away at Spurs where we actually we dominate a game um, and they just hit us on two really obvious things that they were going to do. It's frustrating, but we have to try and see the big picture and we have to try and... Um, understand that this is a process and we're six points off off fifth you know it's a massively compressed table it feels awful with we're one win in six but football is a fickle fickle game and I think things will things will and can no things can and will in my opinion move forward and move on I think an addition in in January you know the right addition in January turns these games from two nils to two twos to from from nil nils at leads to a two nil you know and we see we see different a real difference um you know you, you look at like the impact of a bruno fernandez you look at the impact yeah. of a, just taking vardy out of the leicester team one player can completely revolutionize the system we have to get that right but so you know so far we have got the recruitment right under this new system this is the problem you say we've got the recruitment right no you haven't mm-hmm. actually we have under this system apart from willian yeah We've done okay. Pablo Marie is a decent player for what he is. Cedric is a decent player for what he is. William's wrong, but Gabriel and Partey are two best players in my opinion. So we're currently we're currently four for five. Like we've got a decent track record. And here's the thing: we don't want to turn into a United. No. United for so long have chopped and changed the manager and bought players that suit different styles and not had a cohesive way of buying players and playing football. That they've been left in a situation where look, Bruno Fernandes, I think is a is a good player. But if you take away his goals, he's got something. He goes down from like 36 goal involvements in a United shirt to barely hitting double digits or maybe just over double digits. Bearing in mind, a lot of their penalties come from very, very silly VAR decisions. But they still aren't, you know, they're they're currently in the situation they're in because this is a 2015-16 era league. This is a shit league. People aren't performing. You've got Liverpool with three of their biggest, best players out. You've got... City still finding their feet after having to replace, you know, one of their biggest legends ever in David Silver and still trying to replace Vincent Company and working on phasing out Aguero. Like, this is the only reason that certain clubs are where they are. Tottenham are by no means the best club in the country. Tottenham will not win the league this season. Chelsea might, because Chelsea might run away with it, but Tottenham will fall off at some point. The issue is, is that because Tottenham are top and because United are near the top and because everything seems so 
it seems like everyone is so far away from us, it, it makes it feel worse. But that doesn't mean that that's objectively true. Yeah. And I, I simply can't watch Mourinho's smug face if he wins the title. I, will, I think I'll just, I think we will actually turn this podcast into a rugby podcast. We'll have to start. Bradley, you know, listen, you've clearly got the rugby. You said loads of words earlier that I didn't know about rugby. So, you know, maybe you're the man to take us forward. We can just... Game of rugby. Is there like an Arsenal, is there like a North London rugby team we could support? I've got no clue, mate. I've got no clue. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, listen, we hope we hope you found that therapeutic, uh, dear listener. Um, I certainly did. I feel a little bit more... I did too. Um, calm. Optimistic, I'd say. Yeah, a little bit more uh, objective on the situation. And listen, we will catch you on the next one. Do we have a, a Europa League game next week, Bradley? Dundalk. Dundalk. Okay. Playing Dundalk on Thursday. So we will see you after that. We'll see you after that for our discussion of our... Capitulous loss to Dundalk. Uh, all right, uh, Bradley. I'll see you on the next one. Pleasure as always, even when we disagree, Brad. Pleasure as per, and I love it when we disagree because you always open my mind to new possibilities. Oh, so cute! Uh, all right, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Cheers. Speak Thanks, soon. guys. Bye bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. If you're new to the pod and did enjoy that, there's a new podcast after every game please hit the subscribe button. Also, check us out on Twitter at Diffnock and support us on patreon.com forward slash Diffnock. Thanks. Sports Social Podcast Network.